Welcome back, everybody, to uh, part three. Uh-oh, hopefully our screen's not frozen here. Looks like YouTube might be having some issues. Whoops. Oh, no. Oh, no. Our table. Well, let's see if this does anything. Yo, that's rough. It's always rough when things go wrong on YouTube, especially if you're like mid live stream. Well, everybody on YouTube, I might just have to uh, restart this. This doesn't look like it's showing up. Let me know on the YouTube comments if you can see me. That's rough. Well, hello in UK, London. God bless you in the UK. Nope, can't see me. All right, well, let's see what we can do about this here. Oh, that didn't work. Let's see if this works. There we go. Praise the Lord. All right, we're back. People can see me on YouTube. <laughs> That's how, right there, that's like, that is what to never do ever in your life while you're doing a live stream because you will lose half your audience just like that. And I just did it. So praise the Lord. We're sticking around. Tonight is part three. Hello, Dylan. Love you, brother. Part three of my series, The Promises of God. Now, the reason why I wanted to do this series was because all the time, I hear people talk about God's promises. And I, I've quoted the past three nights now, that song that everybody sings, all his promises are yes and amen. And you got Christians running around saying that they're blessed, highly favored. But the reality is, is you don't see any of the promises of God come into fruition in their life. So that means one of two things, either God's promises don't work, or you have no idea what you're talking about. And that's a nice way of putting it. So my job is to come on here and help people realize God really does have promises for you. God really does want them to come to fruition in your life. But it's up to us to hear God's word, build faith for it, receive revelation, understanding of the promises, and then speak them and walk them out. See, God's promises are yes. And they are amen in Christ Jesus. So when you have revelation of who you are in Christ, that's when God's promises come to fruition. But remember, it said in Romans chapter 10, how can somebody be saved unless they hear the gospel? And how can they hear the gospel unless a preacher goes? How does a preacher go unless he's sent? So somebody must bring the word forth to teach people that they might be educated on God's promises. So that's what the goal is of this series, because I love you and God loves you and God has great plans for your life. Plans for a hope and plans for a future. God has promises that he's declared, written down in a covenant and signed it with the blood of his son if you're willing to go out and grab them. I want you to type this in the comments for me before we get started tonight. Say, I'm going to walk in the promises of God. I'm going to walk in the promises of God. Not just the promise that every Christian knows when you ask him, what promises did God give to Abraham? They always say, that he will be the father of many nations. And yes, that is 100% true. But it goes much deeper than that. So if that's the only promise that you want, it's the only promise you're ever going to get. But you can have much more because there's over 6,600 promises that the blood of Jesus paid the price for you to walk in. Not even counting all of the heavenly promises and blessings that it says in Ephesians chapter 1 now belong to us. So by faith... And by knowledge of the word, we're going to walk out the promises of God. Tonight's promise, well, first we'll do a quick recap. Part number one, I cover God's promise to give you good success in life. Now, you'll hear a lot of Christians that are typically uh, lukewarm or they just have an issue with this. And they call it the self-help self -help gospel. And they say it sounds like a self-help seminar where preachers come online 
and they tell you that God's going to bless you in everything that you do, that he guarantees that you'll have success in life and that you'll prosper. And the reality is, is yeah, that's what preachers do because they take it from the word. It's impossible to read Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, Genesis chapter 12, 13, 14, Psalm chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, Psalm 112, Psalm 37. And I could list off hundreds. It's impossible to read the Bible and not understand that God has favor stored up for you and that he wants you to be blessed and have good success in all that you do. So that was part number one. I covered how God will give you good success in all you do when you plug into his word, when you meditate on it, when it becomes alive and active in your spirit, you'll watch it come to pass in your life. Part number two that I covered last night was God's promise for protection in your life. That God promises to protect four key areas, your spirit, your salvation, your heart. Number two, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Number three, your body from sickness and disease. And number four, your possessions by your tithing and giving and offerings. God guarantees protection in those four areas of your life. So if you want to be educated in those, after this live stream, go check out the other two episodes that I did. And if you're watching on YouTube right now and you're watching on Instagram, give this video a thumbs up, share it with a friend because people need to know the truth. God's promises are yes God's promises are amen, and God's promises are going to become a reality in your life in the year 2022. If you receive it, type I receive it in the comments. Hey, Lily on YouTube. <clears throat> Sheila on YouTube, good to see you. James, God bless you guys. My monitor's down, so I got to look at the tiny screen here if I want to say hello to you on YouTube. But bear with me. We're going to have a good night. Take your Bible with me. <clears throat> Go to the book of Zechariah. It's in the Old Testament. It's the book right before Malachi, I believe. So the second to last book of the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 4. <clears throat> Verse 6. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Hey, Liz, good to see you. Hey, Caesar, good to see you, brother. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. <clears throat> you have to bear with me. I've been losing my voice this week. Lots of preaching, but it's going to be coming back right now. Not by might, not by human strength or human power, not by leaning on the arm of flesh, but by my spirit says the Lord. So there's things that God has planned out for you to accomplish in life. <clears throat> but understanding the word grace in the correct terminology, grace is not just something that you can never earn. It's more than that. Grace is not just the power to forgive sin. It's the empowerment to never sin again. Grace by God's spirit is not just the power for you to have a good idea, but it's actually the power to give you a good idea and to walk that good idea out. God actually pours out his power, his strength, his grace upon you that by his spirit, you can accomplish what it is that he's called you to do in life. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight. It's a promise from God that it's not by might and it's not by power, but you can live life. I shouldn't even say you can. You're expected to live life by the Spirit. And when you do, God's grace comes upon your life to have all sufficiency at all times in all things. God's grace will come upon your hands. That's when you'll watch good success happen. That's when you'll watch protection happen. When God's grace comes behind you, that is when things get done properly. And they get done much faster. They get done in better quality. They get done at rates that you could never get them done by. For example, myself, man, I, <laughs> I spent about six months striving in the flesh to try to reach tons of people on social media, to try to teach the word. I was doing three live streams a day sometimes, and they were, they were longer than the ones I do now. They were like hour and a half, two hour live streams, and I would work a full-time job, and I was building a business on the side, and I was making content all day. Like I was busting my butt striving to make a difference on social media. 
And suddenly, after praying and fasting, I felt the Lord tell me to quit my job, lay down the business, and go full-time into ministry. This was a couple years ago, two years ago now. And the moment that I was obedient to the Lord and what he said to me, God's grace came upon me, and I skyrocketed. Went from like, I don't know, 100,000, 200,000 followers on social media to over a million. Boom! In a number of weeks, months. It was rapid, and it wasn't hard at all. Like, I was never exhausted to this day. I'm not exhausted. My life is great. It's life and life abundantly. That's what Jesus promised. I do it in a state of rest. When God's Spirit comes upon you, you live life in a state of rest. Jesus said, come to me, those that are weak and heavy laden by life, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, meaning that there's still work to be done, but it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And my burden is light. So I went from walking a life of carrying heavy burdens, trying to make a difference in the world. But when it clicked with me, that if I would just yield to God's spirit, he would make me work smarter and not harder. See, that's the reality. You still work hard. God is still calling you to work hard. You still give it your all. But God's spirit will come upon you and it'll just be a state, constant state of rest. Go to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start with point number 1. Point number 1 is God is your only source. I want you to type that in the comments for me. God is my source. God is my source for everything. For all good things. Hey, Liz on YouTube. Good to see you. Love you guys. God is my source. Now, sometimes, and I, I don't want to say this as like a confession, but it can come off as if it's easier said than done. Well, we know, Talon, God's our source. All good things come from the Father of lights with whom there is no shadow of change or, or a variable or a, no shadow of turning or variable of change. We, we know, we know God's our source, but it's a reality. God must be your source. There's a great man of God in Africa. His name is Bishop Oyedepo. And he said, the Lord spoke to him one time about finances. And said that the reason why you're struggling financially is because you have one eye looking up toward God and the other eye is looking toward man. If you find yourself in, an, in a season of life, I don't even want to say the word season, but if you find yourself in a situation in life where you're trying to look to man as your source, but also God as your source, then you become what the Bible calls a double-minded man. And you're unstable in all of your ways. God sees you as untrustworthy. And that's why it says in the book of James that you should expect to receive nothing from God. For me, launching into the ministry, that was something I had to lay down. I had to realize man is not my source. And we're going to get deeper into that. But God must be your source. Philippians 4.19. Read it with me. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That means you have no need. If you have a need, but the Bible says God supplies all of your needs, then that means you have no needs. What are your needs? Clothing. The Bible says don't worry about what you'll wear. Don't worry about what you eat. If God feeds the birds of the air and he clothes the lilies in the field, how much more will God feed you and clothe you? You have no worries in this life. Jesus didn't say it to sound catchy. He didn't say, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It wasn't like some catchy phrase that he was using. He meant it. When you get plugged in with God and you learn how to walk by the spirit, things become easy. For example, when this revelation hit me and I stopped looking at men for my source financially, meaning that anytime I would preach, I was like, oh my goodness, I got to preach my socks off. 
I got to make sure that somebody's life is changed by this message. I got to, I got to hope that somebody gets healed. That way an offering comes in and I can survive this month because that's how a lot of Christians, Ooh, I'm going to get deep into it now. <laughs> that's how a lot of Christians live. I see every day on my social media, Christians who are just glorified beggars. They went to this Bible college. They're going to this seminar. They're doing this. They're doing that. But in reality, they have no revelation on who they are in Christ. So they just become a, a professional fundraiser. They're basically just selling Girl Scout cookies on their social media. I need $500 to get to this destination. I need $800 to finish this semester of school. They're always on their social media saying, I need, I need, I need, I need. Well, that's anti-scriptural. The Bible says, my God supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I have no needs. If God's called me somewhere where God guides, he provides. It's, it's cliche, but it's true. God will always make provision for the vision. Sabrina said, now I want some Girl Scout cookies. Honestly, I could go for some Girl Scout cookies. But I want people to understand this. When you have revelation that you live life in rest, you live life by the Spirit of God, just as Paul said, not that I was ever in need, but you gave anyway. Paul said, I know what it's like to have a lot. I know what it's like to have a little because he had had a lot and he had had a little. But he said all of his needs were always supplied. And the best thing is you don't have to be in a position of need. You can actually live in a constant position of overflow abundance. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, I will live in abundance. A great man of God said that you can fill the barrel up one time and you don't have to feed off the bottom of the barrel anymore. You can feed off the top of the barrel and you only have to fill it once. You can live off the overflow in your life and you only have to fill that barrel one time. Go to Psalm chapter 23 with me. This is what the word says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or other translations say, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the Bible says, you anoint my head with oil. I want you to believe this, speak it. Say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. The Amplified Version says, my cup overflows with blessings. When you're anointed by God, your life overflows with blessings. Go with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. You got to get this. I want you to write this down tonight. If you can get this, if this gets in your spirit, your life will never be the same. 1 John chapter 2. The anointing draws all things that are good and holy. God's anointing on your life draws in wealth. It draws in health. It says it gives life to your mortal body. It draws in opportunity. God's anointing opens doors. God's anointing draws in divine relationships. God's anointing connects you with spiritual mentors. God's anointing provides when there's no provision. God's anointing brings ravens to feed you in times of famine. When God's anointing gets on you, the Bible says you anoint my head with oil, my cup of blessings overflows. When you're anointed by God, you never lack. It's the opposite. You're actually anointed to be a blessing to other people. See, when your cup is overflowing with so much blessing, you're not worried about how you can get more in your cup. You're worried about how you can give away what you've got. 
because there's so much overflowing all the time. For me, I don't, I don't look at who can give me money. I look at who I can give money to. What, what ministry is advancing the kingdom? Who can I give money to? What person is going to make a difference for the kingdom of God? Who can I give money to? You turn from an inward perspective to an outward perspective. When you're anointed, your cup overflows with blessings. And you're anointed if you're born again. Look at this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. Say it to yourself right now, wherever you're at. I'm anointed. God poured His Spirit out on me. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. God's anointing in and upon my life makes my cup overflow. Surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. If goodness and mercy follow you, struggle doesn't follow you, sadness doesn't follow you, depression doesn't follow you, poverty doesn't follow you. Goodness and mercy, they follow me. Everywhere I go, blessings overtake my life. Every turn I make, God's blessing me. Every door of opportunity that opens, I get blessed. That's right, Sabrina. Great testimony. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number one. This is point number one still. Understand God is your source. God is your source. Point number two. You don't receive from God by striving. You receive from God by yielding. You don't strive and try to build a tower of Babel or Babel to heaven to get things from God. You just submit. You just yield. And when you just yield to God, His blessings overtake you. When you yield to the river of the Spirit, God's Spirit will take you everywhere that you need to go. He's your source, number one. Number two, you don't have to strive. You just have to yield. For example, there's a great man of God. Well, I won't name his name, but he gets some flack because he's extremely wealthy. But what they never put on the news is how he got so wealthy. The reality is, is he used to be a pilot. And when he was piloting, there was a time where he wasn't wealthy, but he was serving the Lord. And one day he gave a tithe and an offering. He heard somebody preach on the power of giving an offering. And all he had to his name was a pencil. So he broke the pencil and he put it in the offering and gave it to God. As soon as he gave that broken pencil in the offering, somebody came up to him during the service and said, the Lord told me to give you this $20 bill. So he took that $20 and he yielded to the spirit again. And he put that in the offering and it began to multiply. And he caught a revelation of yielding to the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. And through him yielding to what God said to him, the Lord spoke to him one day during his prayer time. And he said, I want you to go buy this property in Texas. And he said, I, I don't have the money for it. I'm going to have to take out a loan. It's like, this just seems crazy. And he said, I want you to go buy this property in Texas. So he goes and he buys the property in Texas. Little do you know, a few months later, they find oil on his property. The next day, he becomes worth $150 million. And that's just the beginning. As oil prices skyrocketed, he becomes worth much more. But it was because he yielded to God's spirit. He wasn't striving. He yielded to what the voice of the spirit of the Lord said. And God told him exactly where to go in order to be abundantly blessed. That is how your life must be. You don't have to strive. You don't strive for God's love. You don't strive for God's blessing. You yield. You obey. He didn't say strive to Joshua. He didn't say strive to Moses, to Abraham. He said, if you'll obey my voice, hearken to my word, meditate on it day and night and don't let it depart from you all these things will overtake you you just yield to god's word and listen to the voice of his spirit and you will be blessed go to first kings chapter 17 with me first kings the 17th chapter i want to show you what happens when you yield to god when god is your source and you yield to him Hey, Faith. Hey, Heaven. Good to see you. God bless you on YouTube. 
1 Kings chapter 17. Not by striving. Verses 1 through 7. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Sherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have, highlight this, I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So back to understanding God is your source. God tells Elijah to prophesy that there's a drought and a famine in the land. And afterwards, he said, don't worry. Even though all these people are going to struggle, I've commanded ravens to feed you. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Sherith that is east of the Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. So even in a time of famine, when it seemed like all hell was breaking loose on the earth, when it seemed like nobody was able to be taken care of, God already had a plan. For Elijah because he had yielded to him. It said Elijah obeyed the word of the Lord. When you obey the word of the Lord, your life doesn't get worse. Your life gets better. When you obey the word of the Lord, you don't lose stuff. God provides for you. When you obey the word of the Lord, you will never go a day of your life where you have to strive. You will just simply exist doing the assignment that God's called you to do. And that's going to be your reality in 2022. I want to declare this over your life. 2022 is going to be the year that you know the voice of God's Spirit better than any year prior. You're going to hear the voice of God clearly. You're going to do the will of God. God's blessings are going to follow you everywhere that you go. You're going to have to, there's going to be times where you're not going to know what to do with the blessings. You're going to have to take them and give them to other people because you're going to be so abundantly blessed. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness, and everything else will simply be added unto you. All the things, all the things, I keep scratching my nose, I'm sorry, I got an itchy nose. All of the things that the world seeks after, shelter, food, wealth, all that stuff is simply added to the child of God when they yield to God's Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I've come to give life in life abundantly. That word life is zoe in the Greek. That word zoe means abundant life. Life so extravagant you can't even put your finger on it. Abundant life in every area. Overflowing with blessings. Overflowing with abundance. Over just so much that you can't help but give it all away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. He is so good. Point number three. The three things that you need to yield to. Number one, God's word and his voice. That's what he said in Deuteronomy 28 and in Joshua chapter 1. If you'll obey my word and listen to my voice and do what I command you, then these blessings will come upon your life. Number two, be led by the inward witness. The Bible says that you are a temple of God's Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit bears witness with your spirit. So God's Spirit will witness to your spirit on where to go in life, who to call, where to walk, where to put your money, what door to open, where to drive, what to do, where to work, where to put your kids in school. As you yield to God's Spirit, as it bears witness with your spirit, then you'll have good success in all that you do. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ doing what Jesus commanded, not living like the rest of the world, living how Jesus commanded. 
And so if you're in Christ and you're living how Jesus commanded, he said, those that walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Then as you walk according to the spirit, goodness and mercy follow you. For you've been anointed with God's Holy Spirit. And he said, my cup overflows. My cup of blessing overflows. You'll live a life of constant overflow. Overflowing joy. Overflowing peace. Overflowing love. Overflowing finances. Overflowing relationships. Overflowing everything. All areas of your life. Remember, the gospel isn't just about you getting to heaven. But it's about how God paid the price for heaven to get into you. So now that heaven is in you, it comes through you. And you become a piece of heaven for everybody on earth. You know that word, uh, I, I listened to a sermon recently. When it says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Hey Sadie, I love you. I miss you. I hope you're doing well. You are the wind beneath my wings. That was not what we were trying to do. But when you see that the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power to go around doing good and healing everyone that was oppressed of the devil, the word going around doing good in the Greek actually is the word that we interpret as a philanthropist. If you look up the definition of a philanthropist, it's somebody who goes around giving out of their abundance to help people. So it says when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you're anointed from heaven, God gives you the ability to be a philanthropist in life. You're a philanthropist everywhere you go. To your family first. then your That's why the Bible says first Jerusalem, then Judea, then the outermost parts of the world. The people that you're closest to, you're a philanthropist. Your cup overflows with blessings. You bless people that you're close to. And then extended family, extended friends. And then people outside of that who God sends you to to go minister to. You become a Holy Ghost philanthropist that carries the blessings of heaven. And you distribute them, distribute them freely to those that are oppressed of the devil. See, God doesn't want you living life miracle to miracle. You don't have to live life as a glorified beggar. You don't have to live life as a fundraising Christian. You, Like I said earlier, you don't have to live that way. That's right, Sabrine. Hallelujah. You don't have to live life that way as a Christian. You were created, the Bible says in Romans 5.17, to reign as kings in this life. Now that you're in Christ, Jesus paid the price for you to reign as a king in this life. And if you're a woman, a queen. So you reign as a king and as a queen in this life. Meaning that you're blessed abundantly. Just like God told Abraham, I will bless you to make you a blessing. When it seems like the devil's coming in to take everything that you have, when it seems like the devil's coming in to cause havoc in your family, you say, nope, you put a stop to it right then and there. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth, Jesus will bind it in heaven. You bind the devil, you kick him out. The Bible says you resist him and he flees from you. You don't let the devil come in and fool around in your life. You resist him, get him out of your life, and go walking around doing good, healing those that are oppressed of the devil. Number three for how to yield is you must yield to the laws of the spirit. There's spiritual laws. The same way that there's natural laws, in this universe, the law of gravity, the law of centrifugal force, the law of inertia. There's natural laws that make this life possible. Keep things in order. There's also laws in the spirit. Now the laws in the universe are not there to hold you back. Like the law of gravity on the earth. God didn't create gravity to hold you back from going to Mars. Because he wants to restrain you. No, he did it for your benefit. So that you're not floating around in space without any oxygen dying. So you have to understand laws are not there to eliminate your freedom. But actually to give you freedom. So spiritual laws 
that you must have revelation on. And I'm going to do next week. This is what I'm going to teach on. I'm going to teach on these four spiritual laws. So you can write these down ahead of time. You'll get a little taste right now. But next week is going to be awesome. This week has been amazing. Next week's going to be <laughs> unbelievable. Number one, the spiritual law of faith. Romans chapter 3, verse 27. There is a law of faith. We know that the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we don't have to struggle in our flesh. We don't have to strive for God's blessings. We work everything in God's word by faith. We receive everything in the spirit by faith. Faith is comes by hearing and then you believe it in your heart. And it says that it's activated by speaking and walking it out. So the law of faith enables you to walk by the spirit where God's blessings abound in your life. Number two, the law of love. This is the royal law that James writes about in James chapter uh, 2 verse 8, I believe it is. James chapter 2 verse 8, the royal law of love. How love, remember the Bible says faith worketh by love. So by love, you actually get access to the God kind of faith. When you walk in the God kind of love, you get access to the God kind of faith. Well, what's the God kind of faith? Uh, Mark eleven twenty two through 24. It says, anything that you ask in my name, if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. You can even speak to a mountain, tell it to be cast up and thrown into the sea, and it will obey your very command. The God kind of love gives you access to the God kind of faith. Number three, the spirit, the law of the spirit of life. How God's law of the spirit of life pushes out anything pertaining to sin and death. So sin and death are the only things that hold you back in this life. But the law of the spirit of life pushes out, says it defeated, it conquered the law of sin and death. Meaning that there's nothing holding you back in life anymore. Hallelujah. And then number four, the law of sowing and reaping. That's in Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. And I want to read that to you, and then we're going to close on this. Go to Galatians chapter 6 with me. When you understand that you just yield to God, you work with Him, you're a co-laborer with the Lord, you work the word. The word works with you. But you don't have to strive. Hey, Jane, I see you on YouTube. Thank you for your, for your uh, financial seed that you gave yesterday. Jane gave a big seed. Every time someone gives a big seed, I give you, I give you, uh, I honor you in front of the people. So thank you so much. There's a shout out for you. God bless you, and uh, the Lord is going to bless you tremendously for that. I already know it. Whatever you were tying your faith to for that offering that you gave yesterday, God is going to bless you for it. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Now, this is something you don't hear too many people talk about. The Bible actually commands that we share all good things with those that preach the word. That's powerful. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he also reaps. The law of sowing and reaping. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. What does that mean? If you're sowing your money into the bar every weekend, and your finances are going toward you getting drunk, you're going to reap corruption. But if your finances are going toward the advancement of God's kingdom, then you'll reap the benefit of what it is that God has for you in the Spirit. And it says eternal life. You will reap from the Spirit eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So I know there's a lot of people that, that ask me, they're like, man, Taylor, I believe it. I know it's right there in the word. You've preached it to me a ton. The Bible says there is such a thing as the law of sowing and reaping. And I believe it, but how come I haven't seen it yet? Well, the Bible says, do not grow weary 
in doing good because in due season it will come to you. So do not grow weary. Just believe God and believe his word. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Especially to those who are of the household of faith. So those are the four spiritual laws that you must honor in your life to watch these things work for you. Like I said, spiritual laws, they're not there for you to have to strive. Like I don't have to wake up in the morning and try to make sure that I stay planted on the earth. No, I just go with the flow of gravity. If I try to work against gravity, I'll exhaust myself. You can't outwork a law. The same way you can't outwork gravity. I mean, you could outwork gravity in the sense of like taking a rocket ship to outer space, but what good are you doing? You don't outwork a law. You work with a law. For example, if I have something heavy, pushing it uphill is working against gravity, and that's not fun. But I, if I find a way to get something downhill, that's working with gravity. That's working with a natural law. It makes things easier, nice and smooth. It's the same thing with the spirit. When you learn how to yield to the spiritual laws that the Bible speaks of, things just happen naturally. You get into a flow of working and walking by the spirit. And these things just begin to happen. The laws just begin to manifest in your life. You begin to see them work in your life. All right, I'm going to close on this. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to read something to you that changed my life. This revelation changed my life. And if it changed my life, it'll change yours forever as well. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. Knowing that whatever good anybody does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or free. Can somebody type this in the comments for me? Type Ephesians 6, verse 8 in the comments. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or free. Wow. Talk about a power-packed verse. You've always heard the golden rule, and we know that. Do unto others what you would have others do unto you. But it actually goes even deeper than that. Like we just covered in, or in Galatians chapter 6, that there's a spiritual law called the law of sowing and reaping, which is identical to what you see on earth. There's a natural law called sowing and reaping where you put corn seeds in a field and you reap a corn harvest. Same thing, but it's in the spirit. Now you see it on a different level. It says in Ephesians 6 verse 8, whatever you make happen for somebody else, God makes happen for you. Now, it doesn't say that whatever you make happen for somebody else, they will make happen for you. No, because that means that you would give with strings attached. But if you obey spiritual law and you give to people, knowing that what you give and what you make happen for other people, God makes happen for you, then everything changes. You give unconditionally. You love unconditionally. You, you sow financial seed unconditionally. And you know a harvest is coming and you know God is responsible for it. And God doesn't miss a thing. That will change your life. I remember hearing a sermon one time about this topic. And, uh, my pastor said, if you make somebody else's dream come true, God will make your dream come true. And that struck me when he said that. That hit me in my spirit. And I was like, wow. So ever since that day, I've made it my purpose to find somebody's dream that I can make come true. And the other day I was at the gym and I, I saw an old friend of mine. I haven't seen him in months. But we were catching up a little bit. And uh, he shared with me about how his dog had just recently died. The dog that he had for seven years, he raised it from a puppy. Uh, the dog was like very significant in his life, really helped him out with some, with some tough times that he was in. He went through a breakup with a girl that he thought he was going to marry. 
And uh, it was during the time when he came back to the Lord. So that dog meant a ton to him. And the dog just died, so he was heartbroken. And immediately I knew that he had a dream that he wanted a dog. He wanted another dog. That that dream was stolen from the devil out of his life. So I immediately went and I pulled out a couple hundred dollars from the ATM. And I brought it back to him at the gym. I put it in a nice card and I gave it to him. And I said, here, this is to bless you and to help you get another dog. And he, was, he didn't even know what to say. He didn't even know what to do. He, just, he was just shocked. But I knew in that moment, if I could make that man's dream come true, God will help me make my dream come true. Whatever you do for somebody else, God makes happen for you. So that changed my life. And that is the law of sowing and reaping, put to the test. That's why it says in Malachi chapter 3, God said, test me in this. If you don't believe me, test me. Try me. Watch what I'll do. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so mighty that you can't even hold it in anymore. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Well, let's close on this and then I'm going to pray for people. Go back to 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to finish that. Well, actually go to 2 Kings chapter 4. What you make happen for other people, God makes happen for you. I help that man get a dog. God knows I have a dream of getting a Cadillac. God's going to make it happen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. 2 Kings chapter 4. Somebody type it in the comments for me so that people know where we're at. And we're going to finish with this and I'm going to pray for people. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 8. One day, Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food, so whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. Wow. Talk about blessing this man. So it says that Elisha would pass by this woman's town from time to time as he's obeying the Lord. And this woman saw that he continually passed by that way. So she added an addition to their house. She said, you know what, honey? Let's add on an extra room to our house. You know how much that costs? Even today, that costs anywhere from thirty dollars to $50,000. And she said, let's put an addition on our house. We'll put a bed in there for him, a lamp, a table so he can study, and we'll feed him whenever he passes by. Ooh, talk about an offering. Hallelujah. Talk about honoring God. You know, the Bible says, as you receive even the least of these, so you receive me. That's what Jesus said. If you receive a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. So when you honor people with your substance, it's how you're honoring God. Jesus watches how people honor the advancement of the kingdom, and he honors them accordingly. That's why Ephesians 6.8 says, What you make happen for other people, God makes happen for you. Now listen to what happens because this woman honored the man of God. Verse 11, One day he came there, and he turned into the chamber, and he rested there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, See, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son. Wow. And her husband is old. He said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, oh man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that time, the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. This woman honored the advancement of God's kingdom with her wealth. She built on an addition for the man of God as he was going about doing what God had commanded him. And because she did that, she had an impossible 
problem that she couldn't fix on her own. Money could never buy her a son. She wasn't able to conceive a son and her husband was too old. But what happened when she advanced the kingdom of God? When she advanced the kingdom of God with her money, God answered her a prayer that could only be done by a miracle. And he gave her a son. Isn't that the most precious thing ever? God watches our giving. When we give financially to the kingdom of God, he watches it. And he'll make things happen in our life that we could never do on our own by our giving. That's why giving is a form of worship to God. When people give offerings and tithes, it's a worship of God. That's why Jesus said, where our money is, that's where our heart is also. And I'm telling you right now, 2022 is going to be year, a year of ultra abundance in your life. You're going to give the biggest offerings that you've ever given. You're going to give the most tithes you've ever given. Your finances are going to increase. As you increase your giving, God is going to make the impossible possible in your life in the year 2022. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He is very good. Well, before I pray for people, I want to give you an opportunity to give financially to the kingdom of God. As you know, we reached over 200 million people last year on social media and in person. And we're looking to reach even more people now. We just fed 1,000 kids for Christmas. By the grace of God, we're so blessed to do it. It brought me so much joy. And currently, we have 10 other ministries that we're helping out financially. So if you have a heart for the kingdom of God, if you want to watch God do the impossible in your life, just like that woman, I want you to pray right now and ask God, God, what represents my best? How can I best represent you with my finances right now? And whatever dollar amount he tells you, do what he says. Don't give any more, don't give any less. Do whatever the Lord says. Whatever represents your best, give it tonight. Some people $100 is their best. Some people $10,000 is their best. Pray and ask the Lord, what represents my best tonight? And I'm going to pray for those that give financially to the advancement of the kingdom. What a good thing it is to know that God watches our giving. And he blesses us for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. As you give today, if you give on my website, revivalway.com, you will automatically be rerouted to my free book that I give to people that give financially. The Law of Sowing and Reaping. I cover what the Bible says about finances and how to increase finances. Some people might be mad about that, but whatever. If you don't want to increase your finances, don't read the Bible. <laughs> or don't read, don't read the Bible and don't read the book I wrote. If you give through Venmo, through Cash App, or through PayPal, go to my website after you give and click Claim My Offer and you'll be able to access the book for free. So the different ways you can give are through Venmo, through Cash App, through PayPal. Venmo is at Revival Way, all one word. Cash App is dollar sign Revival Way. PayPal is Revival Way, one word. And I encourage you, become a monthly partner tonight. If you're not already a monthly partner with the ministry, we love our monthly partners. You go to my website, RevivalWay.com. Click Partner Financially Today. Become a monthly partner. Some people give 100 a month, some people give 500 a month, some people give 1000 a month. You just ask the Lord, what represents my best? And you give to the advancement of the kingdom. Where a man's money is, there his heart is also. Praise the Lord. Yannicka, thank you so much for your PayPal. God bless you. Thank you for your giving. Ceylon, thank you for your giving. Adrian, thank you for your giving. I give shout-outs to people as you give here. Thank you for your giving. Tia gave $1,000. Jane gave $500. Thank you so much, Jane. God bless you. Whatever represents your best. You know, there was a time, and I'm going to pray for people one second. I'll give you just some time to, uh, to give financially. But I always like to share this story because it changed my life. There was a time when the Lord told me to give 
just about it. Ian jumps on again right when I'm taking an offering. That's so funny. Bro, why are you always an hour late, Ian? Anyway. So there was a time a few, uh, about a year ago now, where the Lord told me to basically empty out my bank account. I had like $600 to my name, and I felt the Lord tell me to give $540 to this certain minister. And I was like, oh my goodness, like that just seems absurd. Why would I give almost everything? But I didn't realize it was number one, to reap the biggest harvest I've ever reaped, but number two, to break the spirit of poverty off of my life forever. See, the things in, in the kingdom of God are different than the things in the world. In order to receive, you must give. It's a paradox. It's the upside down kingdom, we like to say. That's how things work with God. So I obeyed and I gave that $540 to that minister. And I believed God for it. And as I was freaking out on the inside, I was like, what did I just do? I don't have any more money. I was down in Florida <laughs> and I didn't have any way to get home. I had no money to my name. And all of a sudden, three days later, another person comes up to me at this conference and he says, hey, I'm going to give you $12,000. And I was just like, my mind was blown. My mind was blown. That's right, Deborah. My mind was blown. I was like, what? And I realized that the Lord was telling me to give to actually shake loose a harvest. And I was, my mind was blown. I was like, oh my goodness. And ever since that day, I, I determined it. I was like, I'm never going to question God ever again. If he ever tells me to give a certain amount, I don't care if he tells me to give everything I own. I'm going to give it. Because God does not tell people to give to rob them. It's his money anyway. God tells you to give to bless you. Every time God tells you to give, he has a harvest in mind for you. So praise the Lord. Let me pray for people. Thank you for your giving. Giving shout outs to people as you're giving. Brianna, thank you so much for your giving. God bless you. If you're giving on a Venmo, I can't see it right now. But I do appreciate it. And like I said, I've been feeling like I know that there's people that are going to give $1,000, but I've been feeling like there's someone that's going to give $10,000. If that's you, and it's for your business, I, I just have a feeling it's for somebody's business. That you have a business, and you want God to bless it in 2022. And yeah, I feel it. You're going to give $10,000. Even if you're watching this after it's posted, or if it's on podcast or whatever, there's no time in the spirit. This is just as much for you right now as it is for anybody. All right, hallelujah. Let me pray for you. And I'm going to bless you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I want everybody to hold your seed right now. Whatever you're giving on, Ian, here's your shout out, brother. I love you. Whatever you're giving on, remember I told you, write down whatever you're believing God for. Somebody sent in an offering uh, yesterday, and they sent it on Venmo, and he said, uh, he said, I'm believing God to make over a million dollars this year with selling my art. And I believe God's going to do it. I think God is going to help him. That's an easy thing for God. So write down on your phone or something right now, whatever you're believing God for with this seed. And we're going to pray and declare it right now and watch God bring it to come to pass in your life. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that your word guarantees as we give tithes and offering that you'll rebuke the devourer for our sake that you promised to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so mighty that we don't even have enough room to fill it all. Thank you that what we make happen for other people, you make happen for us in Jesus' mighty name. I join my faith with every person giving today. Let them receive exactly what their faith is reaching for. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Well, everybody, God bless you so much. I hope you got something from tonight's message. You don't have to strive in life. You can live a life of peace and rest and just flow under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Pastor Mark Hankins has a great quote. He says, listen to the Holy Spirit. He's a genius and he'll make you look smart. So listen to the Holy Ghost today because he'll make you look smart. I'm not going to be live tomorrow, but Friday night we do have our revival here and um, let me find the thing. Oh, here it is. 
putting them up on YouTube. We have our New Year's Revival Friday night. I'm going to live stream it for people that can't make it. But I'm telling you, you need to come to Iowa. If you need a miracle, if you need healing, we've had people with cancer get healed. We've had all tons of people get delivered of evil spirits, get saved. Whatever you need from the Lord, come to this meeting. It's going to be great. And we're going to have a big fireworks show at the end. And if you're absolutely unable to come to Iowa, I will live stream it for you so that you can watch it on YouTube. So make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube. All right, everybody. God bless you. I love you so much. I'll see you Friday night. Adios. Father, I just want to thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every time your word goes forth, it never returns void. Thank you, Lord, that it carries weight, it carries anointing, it carries power to let the captive go free, to bring liberty to every single person that is oppressed. Lord, tonight we believe for miracles, we believe for signs and wonders and signs that make you wonder. If you're with me, somebody shout, I receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's impossible to go to one and return the same. How many of you with me? Turn around!